What up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Nick and the Hick, episode 15. In fact, I am Eric, also known as Big E and also known as the Nick. And with me, as always, is... Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Michael Brevard Decker, a.k.a. Captain BD. And here on this pod, I am known as the Hick. So um, on today's episode, we're going to continue our Christopher Nolan retrospective with Insomnia. And I think both of us have a lot of uh, things to say about that. Um, but before we begin, we usually talk about what we've been playing. So what have you been playing? Mafia. Oh, yeah, yeah. How is it? Um, did you play the first one? Yeah, I barely remember it, but I did play I, it. I guess I didn't remember it that well either um, because everything's super familiar. So it's 20 chapters. Um, right now I'm in the 11th, so I'm like – about halfway through it. Yeah. Um, it is Mafia. It is the first game, and like in its entirety. It's mission, the dialogue, the characters. The, I mean, it is that game remade, exactly. But it's the graphics and, like, the engine of um, Mafia 3. Okay. So, controls of Mafia 3 and the mm-hmm. visuals of Mafia 3. But it's still... Like, this is an open world, but it's um, it's a cat box open world, so, but it's, like, linear. So, like, what yeah. I mean is, like, when you, each chapter starts your mission and ends the miss, that mission, you know what I mean? Then you start all over again. So, you have a mission, he says, hey, go up to the warehouse up north, grab this stuff, go do this, and bring it back. So, you go on your icon up there, you grab your shit or whatever for the mission, and then you come back home and say, hey, boss, I did it. And then that ends it. So there isn't really like any um, discovery or there's no, um, you're, you're not exploring at all. Right. So that's weird hmm. for like, an, you know, we're so used to open world games like Assassin's Creed, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima and um, Breath of the Wild where it's like exploration's a, a big part of that. And this isn't at all. So there is a free... Um, a free roam mode, so I'm gonna check that out. That's where you go through, get all your little magazines and collectibles and shit like that. So I'll I'll do that once I beat it. But it's good, man. It's hard. Um, it's hard. Yeah. I'm on easy now. I started on classic. So what classic does is it plays with the classic rules of the first game. I forgot that that game must have been really hard. So with that, whenever you reload your gun, whatever bullets you had in your gun, they're gone when you reload. Interesting. Wow. That is um, difficult. And when you get hit by people, like you get hit, like it's a, it's a, um, like a cover, it's a, a shooter cover. Like you have to take cover to fight yeah. couple, like mafia, you know? And, uh, if you get hit a couple times with like a Tommy gun, dude, you're down. And that's on classic mode or even on easy. The cops are way harder than like, um, gta or saints row or anything like that like they'll get you for running stoplights if you touch a car or yeah anything yeah, around a cop they will come and get you you have yeah. speed limiters and you got to turn those on when you're around cops because if you're if you're breaking the speed limit like they'll pull you over for that and yeah. like you have one cop on you there's tons of them on you so like gta and saints row 3 i th- we've we've talked we went over this before to where we thought that those were kind of getting out of hand to where like your character's basically like a superhero you know yeah like unstoppable and this game is not like that at all so i've been enjoying it it's cool it's a blast from the past definitely no not to be mistaken for a gaudy like i was talking about maybe it being a sleeper definitely not 
that good. But uh, it's good. I like it. But that's all I've been playing. I've watched some of the videos, and uh, it looks good. It looks you know, good. The, yeah, it looks really good. Um, I don't, is it worth the 40 bucks, though? Yeah, it's, it's, bucks, it, right? it's worth 40 bucks. I don't think 60 but it Because it's only like a 15- or 20-hour game. Okay. Um, yeah, it looks really good. So I first I bought it on PS4, and I have a launch PS4. And it was like struggling, like it couldn't keep up with it at all. So I wow. traded that back in for the Xbox version. I haven't had any issues with it. Interesting. Um, so I've been playing Skyrim, but as of last night, I beat the main storyline. Okay, you beat Alduin? Yeah. What did you um, think? Is, was that your first time in Sovngrad? I don't remember. I, you know, I really can't remember. Like it was like, um, it looked familiar. But then again, it didn't at the same time, you know, like I might not have gotten that far into the storyline. I think I got as far as when you fight him the first time. Yes. Um, that's, I think, as far as I've got. So, yeah, it probably was the first time. Like that. Um, I remember the first time doing that and thinking that this is really cool because all of your weapons, either your, your really powerful weapons that were left over from the heroes of time. Yeah, like, I can't pronounce their names because there's so many, you know, consonants in them. But like Yarzengerg and Gerg yeah. is shield, and you know, blah blah blazing Fergengerger's sword. Yeah, and like, but you go to there, you go to that Hall of Heroes, and you meet those guys. You know, yeah, you're there, yeah. and that's that's neat. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, you know, to be honest, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, there was one moment in, and I think I already posted this video that I was fighting like an ice dragon and that was like super difficult to defeat. And this was like, compared to that, this was nothing. I mean, again, I leveled up. I think I was at level 20 at the end of the, the storyline. So, but still it just, I thought it would be a little bit more difficult, but it really wasn't. Yeah, I'll um, have to watch your video and see what that fight's like without the yeah. mods. Yeah. Yeah, well, now I'm thinking of continuing this character, but with the mods that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, with the chests and stuff, because really, I was really curious about and even the graphics, because I, I would like to see how much better the game looks with all those graphic mods. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was really curious about the chest, but I didn't want to break my promise to myself that I was going to, you know, beat the game with no mods. And you got much uh, more story out of it than I did. So, like, when yeah. you when you first fight Alduin, you have to um, go back and get, you know, the two warring factions to meet yeah. at a mm -hmm. throat of the, or at, at the, the shout. Dragon search. Yeah. yeah. You got to get yeah. them to meet up there. So, like, and I'm pretty sure they send you on all types of shit before they agree to come. It's a lot of just back and forth, like talk to this person and talk to that person and talk to this person. And then, and then when they were doing the negotiations, like I chose speech um, options that I really didn't want to, but I was just like, wanted Hurt. to get it over yeah. with. So I yeah. just hit the first thing I saw and I was like, oh, I kind of didn't want to do that. But yeah, that, yeah, that part, when you're sitting at that table, man, that part's kind of like cringy. It's just like, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot, very wordy, uh, a lot of dialogue. So I just, um, when I did that, I just made sure that I chose one thing 
for storm cloaks, one thing for, uh, you know, the, the Imperials. And then I just try to make it even. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I didn't choose the ones I should have, but whatever. Um, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to now playing it. I'm probably going to take a break because I got to edit those videos and then I'll, um, go back and do the mods. I'm really curious about the mods. So I've been thinking about either one of two things, either going straight into ESO, because um, Dre had mentioned that on our podcast, and I was like, yeah, I can see myself you know, getting farther into that now. Or I'm actually thinking about going all the way back because they um, have made the graphics better for Xbox One X, but the original Morrowind. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, you know what? Now that we've we've kind of played the game, we're gonna we may have to choose another game to play. I know. We're gonna have to choose another year first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to come up with that. Um you know, I forgot to tell you last week I finished uh reading Harry Potter and the uh Half Blood Prince. Okay. So you finished reading uh, it? Yeah, well, I've got one more book to go. You know, I am. Um, you know, the first couple, I, I've never, I, well, I read the first book. I read Philosopher's Stone. Um, I've read it a couple times, but I, that's all I've read. I've watched every single movie multiple, multiple times. So, like, right. the first two were, th really, the first two are kind of slow. They're definitely kids, like kids' kids. Mm -hmm. Babies now, if you look back at them. And um, once you get it to, like, definitely Goblet of Fire, but even Prisoner of Azkaban, like, that's when I feel like it picks up. Yeah. And then it's really solid. It gets better throughout until, really, the Deathly Hollows I didn't really care for. Um, well, after Goblet – from Goblet of Fire on, there's a major death in each yep. book. So I think that that is significant in that it becomes darker – you know, the stories become darker and they become more for preach. Because, I mean, the whole point is the readers are supposed to grow yep. with Harry Potter. So, you know, they start off at whatever it is, 10 years old, 9, 10 years old. And then by the end of the series, they're supposed to be around that age. Uh, so the books get darker as Harry gets older or as the characters get older. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't like to read those books in a row. So I'm kind of reading something in between. Yeah. Also, uh, Haplet Prince was like seven and six, seven hundred pages. Yeah, the books so. also got bigger. I remember. Yeah, they got a so lot. When I was in high school, everybody was reading them, and they just kept getting bigger. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but yeah, so I got to take a break and read a smaller book or a book with less pages. Yeah, I like um, Blood Man because it was like that was like Snape's story. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, no, no. At that point, no one really knows whether he was good or not, though. Too. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I mean, because like you said, you watch the movies. Like the the books were different in that um, there was a big ambiguous, you know, question of like whether his intentions were good or not. And this, you know, the book, especially the book, really sets it up where you have no idea. Like you really don't know. Yeah. You know, because he is the one that kills Dumbledore. Yes. Spoiler alert. So. Yeah, but I mean, Dumbledore's like, just do it. You got to do it. Yeah, but you don't know that. 
you don't know that until Deathly Hollows, you know, because at one point, uh, Dumbledore uh, says, please, like he, he begs Snape. He's not begging Snape to not kill him. He's begging Snape to kill him. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't know that until Deathly Hollows. But yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. It took me forever, but it was enjoyable. Did you watch anything this last week? Uh, well, besides ours? Uh, not really, no. Um, the wife and I have been rewatching Tales from the Crypt, which oh, uh, awesome. I, I mentioned in my Fanboy with an Opinion, which comes out on Wednesday. So I mentioned that I, we, you know, we've been watching them from the beginning. So, yeah. um, my dad much... used to watch those with me when I was a kid. I used to be so scared of them, and now yeah. they're like kind of like cheesy. A lot, some of them are. Well, you know, I mean, I say this in the pod, like these stories were adapted from comic books from the fifties. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of these stories are kind of like similar, similar uh, themes, and and yeah kind of cheesy but some of the effects a lot of the effects hold up oh they're hit or miss depending on what season uh, like every other episodes like hit or miss um i've been watching a uh, lovecraft country and yeah, um, yeah. raised by wolves yeah um you mentioned the raised by wolves you really enjoyed. yeah raised right. by awesome and you have your HBO Max now, right? So yeah, yeah, I do. So I, I want to watch Watchmen, and then uh, I gotta watch that. That's like Lovecraft. the first. Thing I guess I that's all watch. HBO. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So you ready for our main events? Yeah, for the reason we came, right? Yeah. So uh, the third Christopher Nolan movie, I guess. Uh, came out in 2002, Insomnia, starring Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Although it doesn't really have Robin Williams in the movie that much, yeah. So this is this is a remake. It was a remake of a Norwegian uh, movie, also known uh, Insomnia, which came out in '97. And um, I don't know, like without giving away too much about, without giving, getting into the plot, this is uh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So, it's like it it's starts, like this was the movie he needed to, to to pay some bills or something real quick, you know? Right. Yeah, I want to get into that later, but yeah, that is uh, sort of yeah. So it starts off with Al Pacino and his partner. His partner is uh, Hap. So Al Pacino plays Will Dormer and his uh, partner Hap. They're both cops, and they're on a seaplane, and they're going to Alaska. And I, you know, so this is the. I guess the only major movie that uh, Nolan directed that he did not write. Yes. And you could, you could see it. Yes. It was right away that he didn't write it. But there are some good uh, parts of the, the movie that we get a lot of information right, right in the beginning. And that's because of uh, good writing. So they get to this really small town, Night Mute, Alaska, which is a real town, by the way, in Alaska. Uh, is, is it really the halibut? Yeah. But they, they didn't of the film world. It. No, yeah. But they filmed it in uh, in Canada. They filmed the okay. movie in Canada. But they named it Nightmare. So it's this really small town. And, the, you know, you find out that, well, there's a 17-year-old girl named Kay who was murdered. And it's a little muddled in, you know, this is where the writing isn't so great. So these two cops are from the, uh, L.A. PD. And you know right away that there's a 
internal affairs investigation into Al Pacino's character. But they're asked to go to the small town in Alaska as a favor from the chief of police. Yeah, from I that, guess. that heavy set chief. It's like they yeah. went back. And because I guess they knew him at one point, even though he says he was born, I mean, he was from Nightmute. So it's like, where, where the fuck did you yeah, know him from? And it was um, weird that it was like, like, well, we just wanted your advice. You know, we didn't know you were coming. Right. So they didn't even know that him and Half were coming at all. Well, right. they knew, but they, it, was, it surprised them. But you get the sense that their captain sent them there to kind of take the heat off of them, yep. you know, while internal affairs is investigating Pacino. And um, you, you don't really know why. I don't know if it was, maybe it was just my, like not really paying attention, but it's not really described exactly what his problem was, what the issue was. Uh, I don't think it is until um, later on. They have okay. dinner, the two of them happen. Him. Okay. Later that night. So, yeah, so, the, you know, they're, like you said, they're going to help investigate this 17-year-old uh, girl's death. And we already get, you know, Pacino's supposed to be, like, this great cop. And he's done all these successful cases. And they meet Hillary Swank, who's a part of the Night Mute uh, Police Department. And she's in awe of Pacino. She really looks up to him. So, again, 10 minutes into the movie, not even 10 minutes into the movie, you get all this setup this um, past of how great of a, a cop Pacino is. And they go to see the body and he already has more insight within his like two minutes of the, with the body than the whole department had, you know, ever since the girl died. You know, he's a, he, already, he already knows that the killer knew the girl and, you know, the killer took care of the body after the, after the girl died, washed her hair, did her nails. All this stuff, so we're, we established pretty early on that he's a good cop. Um, we're introduced to other people in the police department, and one of the other cops, played by Nikki Tat, is obviously not happy that Pacino's there. You know, because I, I say this to my wife, like, you're going to get one or two um, reactions. People are going to look at, look at you in awe, or they're going to look at you as a threat. And that's what Nicky Chat's character, he sees him as a threat. Um, but my favorite part of this movie, so I, I watched this movie when it originally came out, I, around that time. Yes. And I had only seen it once. Me so too. this is my second time watching this. But out of the entire movie, one thing I remembered, I really, really remembered clearly, is, um, you know, so they find out that 17-year-old uh, Kay had a boyfriend, sort of boyfriend in the high school. And, you know, it's, it's light out. And Pacino says, okay, I want to go to the high school and talk to him. And, you know, uh, they laugh at him. And then Hillary Swank says, sir, it's, uh, I'm going to screw up the time. It's like 10 o'clock. Like, yeah. Don't you guys go to school? Yeah. Don't you guys go to school? And it's like, it's like 10 o'clock PM. And that's the one thing I remembered clearly in this movie because it was a it's a good line you know i like saying? his attitude about it he's still because right now he's had that kind of you know this is gonna I'm, I'm in charge now type of attitude since he arrived so even when she tells him that she's like it's 10 o'clock at night sir and he said oh when's it get darker 
She's like, it doesn't. And he said, oh, I knew that. I heard about that. Hap didn't, doesn't he, yeah. Don't you know about that? Like, then he starts acting like Hap's the dumb one. Yeah, because he's embarrassed. I mean, he's clearly embarrassed that he didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so that that's the, I guess, the unique part about the movie is that this town in Alaska, it's daytime 24-7. Uh, but that's only a seasonal thing that usually happens like yeah. what, like once a year or something. Once like a that. year, I mean, and then you know we've seen thirty days a night, so they get it both ways. Yeah, they get it both ways. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, what? Right off the bat, what do you think of that idea? Like, do you would you be able to live in an area that was sun twenty four seven? I asked my wife what she would rather have, and she said um, day. And I said, no way. I said, I would much rather have night. Because I think that's really? the reason. Um, you can't sleep. I mean, you just yeah, can't. Yeah. Even, even if you have blacked out curtains and you are, your room is as dark as can be, it's still, you just feel it. You just feel the yeah. day. Yeah, I think you'd have to sleep in a basement. And it's, it is cool because later on in the movie, he's walking around to do something at nighttime. And it's fucking, looks like There's it no one out. 12 o'clock noon. Yeah, there's no one out. Yeah, my wife and I both agree that we would take the, uh, night. We would take night. But no, uh, she said day. No. We, we, yeah, we, we're not fans of the sun to begin with. So it's, uh, I think it was more, in, you know, appealing to us. So they, um, Pacino and Hap get to the hotel. And, uh, you know, they, you mentioned this earlier, they go to eat. And then that's when uh, Hap reveals something to Pacino that IA went to Hap and now Hap is going to make a deal. And he tries to tell Pacino that it's not going to involve him in any yep. way. And that he's really just saving his ass and um, trying to think of his family because it's established he has a family. And I said to my wife right away, why would you tell Pacino this right. now? Because well, why wouldn't you wait? So Pacino, you know, is like everything I've done, all the bad people I've put away, like they're going to get out now because right. of technicalities, you know? And is it, um, and he mentions, is it, is it really told well as far as what Hap's into? Cause he's in some shady business too, right? Isn't that what he's talking about getting out of? Like, isn't he taking some cuts or some pace for something and he's... Yeah, no, I thought... See, it just I, doesn't explain right. that well. No, it's not. Because, uh, so there's um, there's a paper that Hap has. He brings over, like, while they're going to Alaska, he brings a newspaper. And the newspaper has an article that talks about IA looking into the police department or looking them into it. Now, I thought it said something about a shooting. So that's what I originally why I thought it was was that they were investigating the shooting. Um, but like you said, Pacino tells a different story later on in the movie. So maybe Hap had something to do with the shooting? Yeah, and I think, so. I think he, he... It sounded like he was on a take for somebody, you know what I mean? Like he was getting some, some money for something. But that he's going to... Um, he's going to testify... No, this, see, this says, according to Wikipedia, this says that... Hap was going to testify against Pacino yes. in exchange for immunity, to which Pacino responds that many criminals who he helped with, you already said that. And but while he's having that uh, discussion, he mentions a name. You know, we don't know who this criminal is. 
I want to say Dobbs, but I don't yep. think it was Dobbs. Yep. Okay. So yep. that comes up later on in the, in the movie, because like you said, you know, what about, he says like, what about Dobbs? And you don't want that kind of person on the street. And then half is like, well, the IA guy doesn't want that kind of guy on the street either. There's a real like hatred for IA, you know, in yes. this, in this movie and in this conversation. And that seems to be like a Hollywood rhetoric, you know, like even, IA is bad. Later on, he even throws it at fucking Williams. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this right now, yeah. right now we're at in the movie and you know, the revelations that have been told about Hap and Pacino are we to assume that the only reason that Hap is there is to keep tabs on Pacino? It's possible because, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It is, it is mentioned that the IA guy wants, you know, he wants to be informed of everything that Pacino does while he's in Alaska. So it does make sense that he's there to watch him. Um, so they find Kay's book bag and then Pacino gets the, you know and I'm, I guess it's like kind of established that the killer what like didn't mean for that to be found is that yeah what it is? yeah it was in a weird spot um kind of and when we get here too I've got some discrepancies about this okay because I don't know I'm not gonna it's too far ahead for me to ask that question right now but um, all right yeah, I think it wasn't meant to be found. And if it okay. was, what well, was meant to be found at the location that they found it at. But he gets the, okay, you go ahead. And he, um, no, Pacino, no, you find you all the books and shit. Yeah, he looks at everything in the bag. Um, they, uh, yeah, but then they fill it up with random books, right? And then, because yeah. he does this thing where he wants to attract the killer. So how, I'm I'm a loss of words. How does he? How did they do it again? It was like he um, he said, "Take out the books, fill it all up with garbage or whatever, just right. fill it up with some nonsense." And then we're going to say, "Hey, there's a book bag that we're looking for. Keep an eye out and let us know about it." And he's like, "And put it in everything. Put it in, you know, the right all the news outlets. Yeah." So then they, uh, they, they, what's it called? They chase the area where they found the book, book bag. In the worst, then, the worst time and visual, just. Yeah. Right so in the middle fog. of the fog. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible dense fog. I mean, it's actually kind of interesting how they replicated that, you know, because it doesn't, it doesn't, they did a good job of making it look realistic that it wasn't just like hollywood magic uh like a fog machine you know it looked like real fog yeah it does i i don't know if maybe they just because of where they were maybe in canada then that valley maybe they, they just aren't waited yeah. till a morning that it was just foggy enough right right but that oh my god that must have been a pain in the ass to do that wait around for that perfect uh, morning. So uh, eventually the killer does show himself and one of the Alaskan cops accidentally alerts the killer when uh, Pacino goes to grab a, uh, 
what's it called, bullhorn, and he hits the button, and then it goes off, and then the, the guy runs, he runs into a shack, and then, of course, it turns out he's got, like, a, a secret exit in the shack, and they go following, and so this is interesting. So Pacino's with the rookie cop, or well, we don't know if he's a rookie, but he's with the Alaskan cop, and he thinks he sees somebody in the fog, and so he, you know, kind of says, hey, whatever, cops, whatever. And then the figure shoots at them and shoots the Alaskan cop. So Pacino goes after him. And after a few seconds, he thinks he sees somebody else. And instead of saying something, because that didn't really work out the last time, he just shoots. He just shoots him. He just shoots him. And then, of course, he goes over and he realizes it's his partner, Hap. And uh, Hap is very like, you know, did you just try to kill me? He's like, he's like, hey, dude, did you do that on purpose? And Pacino's trying so hard to be like, no, I didn't, I didn't. And of course, it doesn't matter because Hap just starts to die. Um, also, around this time, he, Pacino finds a 38. Uh, 38 pistol that he, I guess he assumes the, the suspect dropped. So now, you know, Pacino, the one thing I did like about this movie is the, the morality question, you know, the moral question that constantly comes up with Pacino. And, and let's be honest, like the murder, Kay's murder doesn't really matter in this movie. It, once this happens, everything is just about that. It's about like what does Pacino do, and the uh, you know the the repercussions of what he does, and why he does it. So yeah, he um, he makes it seem like the killer was was the one who shot Hap. So at this point, why why lie about it? You got this fog that's crazy. You know what I mean? You got this crazy ass fog. Everybody saw that there was another person there. It's not like he was lying about the killer being there. Everybody else did see him, and he, the killer left his gun there. So he could say, that guy, you know, I saw somebody with a gun. I turned around, I shot, I accidentally shot him instead. Like, I'm sorry, we couldn't see shit, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, him shooting the second time without saying anything, I kind of understand why he did that, you know, because that situation didn't work out the first time. Um, but I think it's because... IA is breathing down his neck. They're not going to believe him, uh, even though he has all these other cops that could say, hey, it was like real thick as shit and couldn't see anything. They may not believe that. Yeah. You know, they just may believe that these guys are covering for Pacino, especially if they see him as like a, a god or whatever. And then what Pacino says at the end kind of ties into that because I think it's this idea of like Pacino was a good cop, he did one bad thing, so, you know, just continue that. You know what I mean? Like, once you pass that threshold, then it's easier to do it again. Yeah. Yes? I mean, that's just my interpretation. I don't even know if I'd be right about that. Which we um, see coming up. He does. He does do it yeah. again. Yeah. But, yeah. So, um, right, right. I mean, it's a slippery slope. Like, isn't that the point? If you do something bad that you've never done before for the first time, and then it just gets easier and easier to do that. Like yeah, that's how I mean, Hollywood that, is. Well, that does come full circle at the end. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Hollywood has uh, taught us that you don't murder, because like, once you murder, 
you can't stop murdering. You know, it just becomes this thing that you've got to constantly keep doing. Uh, so it's like that, I guess. But um, anyway, so he gets, um, he starts trying to pin it on the killer who he hasn't even, doesn't even know their identity yet. Um, he knows internal affairs will never believe me. I said that. So Hillary Swank gets put in charge of the shooting investigation. Now, what do you think of that? Like, why her? Because she's the best cop there. You think that's why? And she knows the most about him. I mean, she's the best cop, and she said, I've read all of your reports. I know all about you. I really look up to you, you know? I thought it was a sexist thing because it's, yeah, because it's mentioned that although she is a detective, she's not really a lead detective. Yeah. Um, And um, the question came up, I think, uh, Al Pacino says to the captain, like, she's, she's good, you know, she's a good kid. And he says she's very, not eager, but she loves the job. And I think it was brought, you know, she, he's told, he tells, the captain tells her, you're in charge of the shooting investigation. She's like, why? I'm a part of this. And I think it's just this idea of like, maybe they do respect her, but not enough to lead an investigation, you know? And because the shooting investigation is a lot of paperwork and just a lot of like looking at the scene, trying to recreate the scene. They probably didn't even expect her to find anything. You know, they they probably thought it was a open and shut case. Yeah. Um, she did. So, she thought that because she's she's trying to get back to the murder into the investigation murder. as quickly as possible. Yeah. So at the end of it, you know, Pacino was very shook up about it, and he is obviously phys- you know clearly visually upset that he just accidentally killed his friend and his partner and he then has to barks in a trash can yeah 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 barks in a trash can he has to call uh the guy's hap's wife and tell him that hap is dead and of course the wife is like you get the bastard yeah get him you you get him and um so oh yeah yeah i forgot to tell you this part so um you know, it, Pacino's known for his hoo-ha and his, uh, um, what's it called? Don Cacino. Yeah, his Don Cacino. So yeah. I said, I kept saying, every throughout the whole movie we were watching it, every once in a while I kept saying hoo-ha. Yeah, hoo-ha. Uh, hoo-ha. And I, I said, like, you know, in church you say amen a lot, but in the church of Pacino you say hoo-ha instead. You know, so it was just like hoo-ha. Uh, but... <laughs> I think I stopped doing that after a while because I was just watching this two. But by the way, it's a two-hour movie. Yeah, hour fifty-eight. I thought it was way too long, and it's really way too it's just, long. until you meet Williams. This fucker drags. Yeah, because again, it has like at this point, it has nothing to do with the murder. You know, uh, yeah, they're investigating the murder up to this point. They interviewed the boyfriend who was a piece of shit. Uh, and he's now sleeping with uh, Tay's best friend, or was even before Tay died. But now it switches to Pacino trying to pin this murder on, you know, pin it on the, the killer. He has the gun, which he has not told. I don't think he told anyone he had. No, he did not. 
he shoots the gun into a dead dog who he, you know, which he saw when he was puking his guts out. And that's the scene you were talking about before. It's like he goes to this alley and there's no one outside. Well, like, that's no what I'm one. saying, dude. It's, it's, it is nighttime when he does all yeah. in line. Yeah, and it's creepy. It's it is really 2 creepy. o'clock fucking sun, sun up afternoon. Well. And everyone seems, obviously everyone seems to be used to this in this town, but he doesn't. So with his guilt of killing Hap on top of it, he's having insomnia because, like you said, the sun is just blaring into the... Uh, but the first night they're there, he gets, uh, he, you know... I guess he gets sleep, yeah. You know, because they get there at night, but then the next morning they go to school to uh, interview the boyfriend, and it's like he didn't say anything about not being able to get any sleep. You think that just would have started as soon as it got there? But you know, even my wife made the point that if you were tired enough, you'd fall asleep. You do. You do. Yeah. Uh, there are some moments though where it seems like he does kind of go in and out of consciousness so maybe he gets like a little five minute nap i've uh i've had insomnia here and there before and it's weird because you don't realize that you fell asleep but you could be like watching a movie right and say the movie all of a sudden just fast forwards 20 minutes 30 minutes yeah so you know like oh shit i just slept yeah i've been exhausted to the point where i've passed out in mid-sentence yeah. And yeah, um, I mean, like insomnia like that, just being exhausted, not an actual. Yeah. And I, I passed out in mid sentence and then immediately started dreaming and then just snapped out. And I literally was dreaming for like two minutes and just yeah. slept for two minutes and then just woke right up, freaked my wife out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you probably get like just a few minutes of sleep. Uh, so he ends up having, so what's it called? Um, the Alaskan cop got shot and they did ballistics on that. Well, you know, they couldn't find the bullet because it mm-hmm. went through him. So he tried, he, he wanted to try to find the, the casing. He does find the casing. Doesn't he find it? He doesn't. No. Um, but he ends up, um, oh, that's right. He goes to Hap's body and he switches the casing uh, from the, the 38 to his, uh, the nine millimeter. Yep. Which is from his, but by the way, that's another thing is it's his uh, backup gun. It's his backup gun that apparently nobody really knew about except mm-hmm. for Pagino um, until later on in the movie. So he's really trying hard to like get it off of him. And it just uh, really makes him look bad. Makes him yeah. look really bad. Yeah, shooting the dog, digging the bullet out to swap out with the autopsy bullet. It's pretty. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. going above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he gets an anonymous phone call, which ends up being from the killer. Mm-hmm. And the killer tells Pacino that he saw everything. And he saw Pacino actually shoot his partner. And um, so then, uh, so the cops are, st- you know, he figures this stuff out before the cops do. But of course, he can't. No. really say anything because he's got to now it's not really implied what he's going to do once he finds the killer but obviously it's going to be i don't know what would he like question to you let's say that the cops didn't know who the killer was you know pacino did what would have 
what do you think Pacino would have done? Killed him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is kind of implied, eh, sort of implied, that that's yeah. what he was going to have to do. Lose strings, man. Yeah, but he ends up uh, re- finding out that the the killer was someone Kay knew, and he was a writer of some books that Kay was reading, and you know, cut to him finding out where the guy lives, and of course, it turns out to be Robert Williams. One thing though, when they're at the funeral, and he yeah. sees. Um, Kate's best friend now with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, dude, this part I thought was super creepy. Yes. But when he goes up to her and he's like, hey, uh, aren't you such and such best best friend? Aren't you Kate's best friend? She's like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you come home and – or no, no, no. He, he, I'm sorry. He walks up on him and the boyfriend is like, are you coming or not? You know, I'm ready to go. And, she, and Pacino's like, well, why don't you go ahead and ride with me? Uh, hoo-ah. You know, ride with me instead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then she, does, she gets in the car with him, and it's incredibly awkward and creepy, this whole scene. Yeah. Because Pacino, even in, what, 2002? Was this, right? Was this movie, 2002? Yeah. Yep. Even yep. then, Pacino was old as shit. Old, yeah. And this girl's 17. Yeah. And she's lifted up her skirt and showing off her legs and being super flirty. And, yeah. You know, then Pacino says, I don't want any of that. And let's play a game of chicken. I'm going to scare the shit out of you. But, yeah, he ends up getting all that info out of her as far as Brody and Brody being this writer that those were all the books in that backpack that, you know, Kay was reading. And they find out that his name was what? Um, Walter, Walter. Walter Fish. Yeah, Walter. But yeah. he was like Brody. Yeah. So that, there you go. So yeah, he's that. Yeah. Um, it, it is weird. It was creepy. That was a creepy yeah. yeah. Well, insomnia is already starting to seep into him, and he's already starting to slowly lose it. Because again, at this point, he's... Uh, doing his own investigation uh, that he's not, he's not telling the cops any of this stuff. Like when he finds out he was a writer or any of this stuff, he doesn't even mention that he interviewed the friend until later, like way later, I think. And um, yeah, you know, there's procedure for that sort of thing. I'm pretty sure a a man, especially at his age is not allowed to to like interview a young girl without someone's presence and it's the same thing when he when he interviews the the boyfriend because the boyfriend's like seventeen as well. And so I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be alone with an underage kid. And that scene was all bullshit. Nobody, no teenager, acts like that when cops come talk to you at school. You know, because well, he's he thinks he's a badass. You know, that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It's just it's it's kind of ridiculous, but. Yeah, he he plays chicken with her in the car, and I think um, you know it's and it, the reason why he does it is because he wants to rattle her, you know, because these kids they think they're badasses and yeah. they think like untouchable and tough, and then just a little uh, playing a little chicken just you know they fall apart. I wanted to see the ride back though. <laughs> what was that ride like? Probably just left her ass there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then when he, you know, we find out it's Robin Williams. And uh, what did you think of Robin Williams in this? Creepy. Yeah, he uh, was creepy. Yeah. 
So this one hour photo also came out this year. So this was yeah. about the year of him playing creepy killer. Yeah. Well, um, actually, in one hour photo, I don't think he kills anyone. He's yeah, just, just a, a disturbing really stalker. Yeah. He's like a, but I thought he was better than that. I, I do too. Than I think he was in this. I thought one hour photo was better than this movie as a whole. And he had played creepy people like that before, or creepy people like this before, but only on like on television and stuff. So, but yeah, I think one hour photo, he did a better job. But so, what did you think about Robin Williams in this movie? I thought it was. I mean, awesome. I thought it was good. I thought he was good. You know, he was a good actor. Um, but I just feel like again, he's played creep creeper better. Yeah. You know. Um, and his character was weird because, you know, eventually you find out he, he did kill Kay, but it was an act, you know, an accident, which he calls an accident. Um, but it just seems like he's, you know, I, I inaccurately told my wife that he was a serial killer, but he's not a serial killer. He's but he acts like a serial killer. But yeah. So I, I think that's where the misinformation in my head was that, um, you know, he's, he seems like he's going to do this again. Then it always then it always seemed like Walter had too much information. Yes, I was thinking that um, a few minutes ago when he said, "I saw you kill your partner." And I know your partner's an IA. Like, how the fuck you know my partner's an IA? Yeah, how the fuck did you know that? So it seemed like he knew a lot. Um, But uh, yeah, Pacino finds where he, he lives. Lives in a nearby village breaks into his home, tries to set him up with the gun by putting it into an event, which apparently is very easy to open up. You see the knife. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, But again, kind of like what you said, Finch uh, Walter is just always one step ahead of Pacino because he contacts him. You know, there's a, here's one thing I find interesting. Williams is always running. There's like three different chase scenes in this movie. Uh, There's one in the fog, and then there's one once uh, uh, Williams comes home while Pacino is in the apartment. He chases him for a while. And then there's another chase later on at the end. It's like, damn, there's so much chasing. The second Um, chase, though, like, has Williams been running on fucking logs his whole life? Yeah. He was light as a feather, man, on that He was really good at it. Yeah. Like human Frogger. Yeah, I thought it was Frogger. I said that to my wife. I was like, this is Frogger. Um, And then at one point I thought, well, maybe he's always lived around logging. I don't know. But then he mentions that he didn't – because that's one of the things he tries to connect with Pacino is with the insomnia because he said oh that happened to me too when i first came up here like i couldn't sleep for what was it six days or yeah, something like that five or six days so he obviously didn't live there his whole life so i don't know i don't know he, he moved like a ninja like he really he did. did i mean when pacino fell down and he finally found that ladder and you that that's terrifying getting stuck under that because you can't move that shit you no. know I mean? there's no way no. Once they hit each other, like there was one time where he put his head up and then he put his head back down and two logs just rammed each other. Yeah. Kind of popped his head like a pimple. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, when he gets up off of that ladder and has a look at Williams, like Williams is like a fucking couple football fields damn near yeah. ahead of him. He's like really he is far. gone. Yeah. 
Um, but then after that, he goes back to the hotel, I guess. And it's just, it's interesting the scenes we don't see. You know, him going back to the hotel soaked from head to toe. <laughs> Where's the explanation? What the, then, hell, the hell happened to you? And then what's crazy, so you're talking about Williams runs every single time he talks to him. But every after every time, he gives him a call. Yeah, yeah. So he calls him again. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you, you get this idea of, like, he's a creepy stalker or he's just a creepy guy. And now he's got his fangs into – he killed his last uh, – the last person he – I guess he was obsessed with. So he calls Pacino and, you know, they arrange a meeting. And Pacino – like, Williams really thinks at this point that they're, like, on the same level. Yeah. You know, and it's like, Williams is like, oh, I'll help you out. You help me out, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Pacino is still trying to pin it on him. Um, and then, you know, because they, they have this conversation on the ferry, and Pacino is trying to get out of him where Tay's dress is and where Tay's uh, something else, right? It was something else. Tay's dress. Uh, and he tips in and is like, yeah, necklace. And because, you know, Pacino knows that William still has that stuff. And that's why he wanted more evidence uh, to pin on Williams. I guess it wouldn't be pinning, but he wanted more evidence. Um, because that's the thing. I mean, even if you, like, the cops were already kind of looking into Williams. But there's no evidence that Williams no. killed Jay. So even if you think it's him, you had no evidence. So that's why he's trying to get the dress. Um, so we have this long conversation, and then at the end of it, Williams leaves the ferry. I like that. I like that dialogue though on the boat when Williams is telling him, "Well, I'm different. I'm not like, you know, all your other murderers and serial killers that you've caught. I'm not a murderer. Like this was an accident." And I like Pacino talking about like you're not any different than any of them. You know, he he says you're just. He said you're my fucking job. Like you're nothing more yeah. than my job. I. I deal with you like you're not special with me. I deal with you every single day. Yeah. Um, well, we did some insight into Williams' character that Williams wanted to be a cop and he couldn't be a cop. And I think that's there's supposed to be an explanation of why he knows things maybe because he just has done so much research. Because he writes like those kinds of novels, I guess, yeah. detective mystery novels. And so he's done so much research into police procedure that like – he knows everything or whatever. I don't know. But um, so he calls, again, he calls. So at the end, I thought this was interesting. Um, he comes, he leaves the ferry, Williams, and then he turns around and shows that he had a tape recorder the whole time, recorded the conversation. Uh, so now. The whole time watching this, I'm thinking in my head, like, why doesn't Pacino have a voice recorder? Throughout yeah. This yeah, so, I thought that too. Pacino had a voice recorder right now. This guy just admitted to the murder. Like, that would be great. And whatever he fucking talks about, I know it about your partner or whatever, he edit that shit out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Here, here we go, lo and behold, fucking Williams is the one with the with the recorder. Yeah, yep. Um, so then he calls him again, and he says that Chase's death was an accident. And he uh, beat her to death in a fit of rage after she rejected his sexual advances. Now, I can't remember when we get this part, but he, Williams does explain that, 
you know, she wanted to be a writer. Oh, so they, they find Williams, the cops, but that they, they bring them in as a witness, not mm -hmm. really, you know, and then they have to do this whole invest, you know, what's it called? Um, interrogation, not really interrogation, but yeah, with Pacino there. And it's like a, a tense scene. It is a tense scene yeah. because you know, their real relationship, but no one else outside of the two of them know. Um, but uh, we find out that Kay was a fan of his books, reached out to him. He tried to be a mentor. Uh, and then, you know, later on, we find out that she was upset about what was going on with her boyfriend. She contacts Williams. And, you know, Williams keeps saying, oh, well, we were friends. We were friends. It's like, dude, you're like, 50 years old it's yeah. uh inappropriate Buying her fucking designer dresses and jewelry right yeah that was the thing is he buys her a necklace and it's like i said this is my wife if you want to be a mentor you buy her you know a journal or yeah. some pens yeah. exactly. you know or books like you don't get her designer clothes um but then so he yeah he he tried to make a pass and she responded by laughing and you know, obviously, this is a guy who's just—I don't know what you, what kind of word you want to use for him, but he's not a ladies' man. No. And so it freaked him out, and then he beat her to death. Um, but anyway, the cops don't think that. Then, then he starts feeding lies to the cops into that the boyfriend might have done it, you know. And then the boyfriend's like a dumb kid. Like he's gonna wash her hair after he kills her. He's gonna clip her nails. Like he's not gonna give a shit after that. So, but he, that's a, this is the problem. So William's testimony pins it on the boyfriend who then the cops then basically arrest. Mm -hmm. I mean, not basically, they do arrest him. Um, Cause then Williams had told Pacino in one of their conversations prior to the interview, I think he found the gun that Pacino put in his apartment. Yeah, he said that during the um, interrogation, he said, yes. Well, do you know where they, you know, where he put the gun? I think he put it in a heating vent and then like, yes, looked up which is what Pacino like. did. Right. So now, uh, you know, Williams did the same thing, but to the boyfriend. So now Pacino tries to go ahead uh, and tries to get the gun out of the boyfriend's apartment, you know, house, which well, he cannot find. That's kind of a smart scene right there where he's in the police office because he's trying to leave before them. Yes. So the only way for him to really do that is to get kicked out of the meeting, basically. Yes. yes. So he starts really hitting Williams hard with, yes. oh, you wanted to, you wanted to, you know, you wanted to fuck her. You wanted to, you know, and he he makes himself look so obscene that the other officers kick him out of the interview. Yes. Yeah. And that was good. I, I thought that was good. I thought that was smart. Uh, I mentioned that to my wife. I was like, that's a, that was pretty good. Um, but he gets ahead and he can't find the gun because he goes looks in the heating vent. And apparently every heating vent in Alaska is very easy to open with a Swiss Army knife. Uh, but he can't find it. And then the cops get there and he has to hide. That, again, another tense scene. Another tense scene. Of him hiding in the bathroom because, um, you know, the cops come with a warrant. And uh, they find the gun in his apartment, in the kid's apartment or whatever it is. It's like above a garage or some yeah, bullshit. Or some shit, I don't know. And it was in, uh, what was it in? Like grease? Motor oil. Uh, oil? Motor oil. Which is a weird place to hide a gun, but. Um, so yeah, they arrest the kid and it's like, all right. 
Um, but he, you know, throughout the movie, Pacino is dealing with this moral problem along with not being able to sleep. And it's just been days, uh, you know, without a, a good night's sleep. And on top of that, Hilary Swank is finding out more and more about the shooting and that uh, it's not as cut and dry as it may have so looked. So this part of the movie kills me, okay? Because uh, it is fucking mid-sun in the sky all day and night in this fucking town, right? Like, it is light outside all the time. Yeah. He finds that 9 millimeter shell so fucking easily. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, Pacino knows where he shot the guy at. You know that he, approximately what area it was. There's there's nothing that he could have went back and just looked for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Try to find, I mean, it was right out in the middle of... Uh, it didn't blend in with anything. You know, luckily, yeah. fucking shell casings look nothing like rocks because she found it very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. Um, well, there's one interesting thing I, I didn't mention was that she had written her report and she needed Pacino to sign it. And she was obviously eager to get back to the murder case. And there's a, a common thing that, that comes up between the two of them in a piece of dialogue where uh, Pacino says, you know, Swank is kind of annoyed that she doesn't get to lead the, the murderer investigation. And um, she has to deal with a lot of smaller crimes. And Pacino says, it's the little things, right? It's the little things that go on to bigger things, whatever the fucking line is. I just remember the first part. But anyway, she's done with the 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 report and she gets him to sign it and he says like You know what? Are you Go ahead. Yeah, are going. you happy with it? Like, yeah, maybe you should go over it again. And that's the fucking nail in his fucking coffin. If he had just signed the goddamn thing, she wouldn't have continued to research and she wouldn't have found the nine millimeter shell. So it's all his fault. Everything is his fault. Everything is Pacino's fault. Hoo-ha. So he, um, she realizes that it conf uh, conf conflicts with the bullet type that they found in Hap's body. Uh, she reads her own case study. So she mentioned this earlier in the movie that she had done like a thesis, thesis basically, on one of Pacino's cases. And in the thesis she wrote that Pacino would keep a 9mm uh, behind him, you know, a, was a reserve gun yeah, or a second gun, backup gun. So now she realizes that he's the one that, that shot his fucking partner. Um, the other cops celebrate. Mm -hmm. And here's one thing about Pacino. So up until this point, I never thought he looked tired. Yeah. Um, he acted tired. You know, he acted tired, and I thought he acted that well, but no makeup, no bags under his eyes, no discoloration, none of that. And I just thought, like, why? Why couldn't they just put a little... I wonder if that was something he didn't want. You know, maybe, Pacino didn't want makeup. Maybe because I'm telling you, um, Nolan's big on shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, Nolan's big on that, and it just seems like that extra detail they could have added. Mm -hmm. um, but it up into, you know, to the scene, up into the scene, he still doesn't look tired, but he's doing a damn good job of acting. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting there around, you know, all the other cops are drinking and he's just like about to fall off his seat. Yeah. Out is, of yeah. His face is about to hit the table. 
you know, his, his whole face is just really like uh, stretched out. His mouth is open. Flies are going in. No, nah, I mean, what's, but it, what's but, crazy is everybody around him knows exactly what's going on. Yes. And they just don't even, you know, blah, blah, blah. They oh, they're making fun of him. They're, they're like, you need some Like, when's the last time you got sleep? And he lies. He always lies throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. I got sleep. Yeah, but they know they know the truth. They know it's not true. So he, um, yeah, I mean, that was one thing, one problem I had is like, no makeup? Like, he doesn't look tired. He doesn't. He's just acting it. I mean, you would fucking look, you would look exhausted. You know, yeah, you'd have bags. At that point. Sure. Yeah, Definitely he would have bags. Red ass um, eyes. Yeah, his eyes. His eyes would probably be uh, red. So after the bar, she she makes a comment. What does she say? She says, um, "Well, she wants she to see looks, it done." Yes. No. She she hugs him. Yep. You know, because he's supposed to leave uh, because it's all done. Pretty much, it's a closed case, and she goes to hug him, and she feels that he's got that nine millimeter in the in his uh, behind him. Yeah, and she like and squeezes the, the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Grip on it. Um. What else? Where am I? Um. Because, but she tells the group, she's like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere. She's supposed to go look at something. or She's supposed to go file well, her meeting, report. Isn't she meeting him? Isn't she meeting Walter for some other? That's right. That's it. That's it. She, so Walter said that he had some um, letters. Yep, 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 letters. So here's, here's my question, my million-dollar question that I was wanting to ask you about the book bag earlier. Okay. So... That book bag earlier is around a cabin, right? Yeah. Supposedly his cabin, right? I don't know if it was a cabin. It was like some sort of shack. Like, but I don't this know. place is his cabin, and that's not the same place as that one. No. No. Um, so, like, does he have two cabins? Is that not his property at all? I don't know. I don't know if that was a cabin so much as just, like, in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's where they found – because they found the body – in like a trash pile, like uh, right? Yeah, like, a, so the, like a dump. A dump. And then they found the bag in the middle of this like, not really a, a rock quarry, but it was almost like a, they kept referring to it as a beach. Yeah. And I was like, that shit don't look like no beach. Uh, I didn't see no sand. It was just a lot of rocks and maybe some, um, uh, some water, not really a river, but like streams or creeks and stuff. So I don't know. I don't think it was a, I think it was just a random cabin. It didn't really explain what it was or a shack. Like, not even a yeah. cabin because it was so small. So, I mean, like, if that wasn't his cabin, then what the he fuck was definitely it? meant to dump that book bag there. Yeah. So then yeah. why did he give a fuck about the cops wanting the book bag? Yeah, I know. That, that's, uh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know if, like I said before, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or it's just they didn't uh, explain it well enough. Maybe it's just that yeah. serial killer shit to where, like, they like to be involved in the case itself. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so she, that's right, she's going to go and get some letters that allegedly Tay had written, and um, she meets him at his uh, cabin. And then I guess Pacino... Pacino figures out that um Yeah, she was going is, there. Yeah, that she was going there and that um Oh, that's right. He he uh, Pacino has so he still can't fucking sleep. 
and he has that conversation with the hotel owner. And that's when he tells a story about a uh, pedophile. Yeah. And then he uh, fabricated evidence to convict the pedophile because the pedophile was going to get away with it. And he's unloading on this poor hotel owner who like seems to deal with this story, a very fucked up graphic story, seems to deal with the story pretty well. And she makes a comment that most of the people in this town are either born here or were running away from something. And it's like, damn lady, what the fuck are you running away from? And that yeah, story doesn't like, even I've seen some flinch. Things. Yeah, it just doesn't even make her flinch. Uh, but so, yeah, we find out that that's the whole point of the uh, IA investigation is that he fabricated evidence to get a pedophile convicted. And that's the name he mentioned earlier because it's like, you don't want that guy out because of all the things that he's done. So that was a weird scene, though. It was just yeah. like, I mean, telling Hillary Swank probably would have fit more. Uh -huh. And it's just poor random woman we've seen then in, they, in a few scenes. And then they sleep together. And I don't mean like have sex. Like yeah. They just sleep together. Yeah. She wakes up and it's in like, what did you, why did you sleep in his room? <laughs> like, like you didn't have sex. You guys both all, you have all of your clothes on. You guys just fell asleep together. Like, did you just want to yeah. make sure he did got some sleep or what the hell was that about? I wonder if that was to show you that the people in the town can't sleep with the sun. Because she's sleeping and the sun's like beating right on her face. And yeah. it doesn't bother her. Um, but so anyway, she then, Pacino then goes to uh, Walter's cabin. And because uh, he finds Kay's letters in Walter's apartment. And realizes that Walter is going to kill uh, Hillary Swank. So he goes to the lake house. Now, this doesn't make sense to me either. Why would, not why, but how is he going to get away with killing Hillary Swank? Yeah, I don't know. If, I know with why, I know why he's going to do it, but I don't know how he can get away with cop killing, especially if she, people know where she's going. Right. She told the whole group of other cops where she was going. Because Williams mentions that. He like tells Pacino, go back to L.A., I got this. I'll deal with this. Um, but uh, anyway, Pacino gets there. Oh, he he about hits, dies. Yeah, he hits. He hits. Uh, what's it called? Williams hits Hillary Swank just as uh, Pacino gets there. She gets unconscious. Uh, let's see. He's uh, he's too fucked up from the lack of sleep to fight off Williams. She uh, revives, saves Pacino while Williams escapes, and then she puts the gun on him because she's like, uh, you know, you fucking killed your fucking partner. Yeah. And then he's got a. She's like, like I don't know. Ooh, I, I don't know. Ooh, I, don't know. I, I don't know. She's like, did you kill him? And he's like, I, I don't know anymore. Ooh, I, I don't know. I'm so tired and it was fucking foggy. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I think your dog loves the impression. Uh, so, so I guess she reluctantly gives him a gun then, and then they go shooting at at uh, Williams gets a shotgun, and then a rifle or no a shotgun. It's a, it's double a shotgun. Guy, he has shells, but it's like shotgun. it's like it must be a really small fucking shotgun, like a four ten or something like that, because it because he's so far. Yeah, he's far away, and it's got range, but when they're up close, it doesn't do shit, really. Uh, Pacino sees a, um, 
a fucking trap door. Like all these fucking tabs and cabins and shacks have fucking trap doors. Yeah. And it's like, he remembers what we, I mean, I'm just assuming he remembers what Williams did in the beginning of the movie. And then he's like, Oh, I should do the same thing. Hoo-ha. And then he gets down there and he surprises Williams. And you won't hear me coming at all. No. <laughs> anyway, long, long story short, Robin Williams dies. Um, does he die? I don't I mean, know. Pro- I mean, we see him sink into the water, but probably. How deep was that water? We saw Pacino walking through it just fine. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. It changed uh, depth. Uh, and then, of course, Pacino was shot. Right, we saw, yeah, we saw Pacino. Yeah, we saw Pacino walking through it, just wading yeah. through it. It was like, what, like knee deep? It wasn't even that deep for him. No, it wasn't that deep. I was actually surprised because I thought he was going to like really sink into the water. And it was like up to his shins, up to his knees. And it, it was like, oh, okay. Um, but then he gets shot. He kills uh, Walter. She finally, uh, Hillary Swank comes in and he's dying and uh, comforts him by affirming that you know, he, she's gonna, she's got the nine millimeter, excuse me, nine millimeter, she's about to throw it away and he tells her don't, Yeah. you know, and because he knows that he's going to die anyway. Um, but then what's he say to her? He says, uh, finally going to get some sleep. Yeah. I'm finally going to get some sleep. Or like once you, once you don't, don't ever lose your light or some shit, you know? Yeah. So, because that's what he felt he did. Yeah. Shit. And then he, you know, he says one last, uh, hoo-ha. And then he he closes his eyes and he dies. He said, look, but don't touch. Touch! <laughs> but don't taste. So let's, let's, taste. Deal with, <laughs> let's deal with the, the elephant in the room. You had said this to me, and you made a good point, that his performance was downgraded, I guess. It was. He wasn't. Compared to his other movies. He wasn't over the top. I mean, I've said this before. After a certain point in his career but just about every movie he's like yelling and screaming yeah and um this movie he didn't do it and i said to you and i stand by this i believe that that was probably christopher nolan's doing um you know making sure that he reined him in uh because that's what a good director is supposed to do you're supposed to rein in the performances and I think a lot of other those actors, those directors, probably just let Pacino do what Pacino's good at, and you know, let loose. So I think all over the place. I think this is a really cool thing about Nolan is that this is his third movie, his first big movie. You know. Yes. Yes. And um, you've got two all-star veteran actors that you got to do yes. and keep them in check. You know what I mean? Like these are no guy Um you know, Joe, Joe Pats. Yeah. Um, this is fucking Pacino and Robin Williams, you know? Right. Well, here's my theory about that, that I briefly said before. Um, I hinted at before. So like you said, this is his third movie. You know, I know he did the following, but I don't really, that's like super independent. It's I very- almost feel like, I almost feel like Memento's his real first movie. But with that aside, following the Memento, they were clearly uh, his, um, his vision. His vision. Right? Yeah. These, these were movies that he made 
he wrote, he directed, and they kind of follow the same path of a lot of his other movies with the whole like time being broken up and that sort of thing. Big um, this, yeah, this was his first and I probably, well, other than the Batman movies, Insomnia is his first straightforward movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he does memento, he does memento the way he wants to, and then Hollywood comes and said, here's a bunch of money. Uh, the budget was $46 million. not over the top, but you get Pacino, you get Williams, and even Hilary Swank was kind of up and coming at that point. Uh, you know, but you have to make a script that we want you to make. Yep. And lack of a better word, this is his sellout movie. It is a sellout movie. I think you know, that's the one that he wanted those dollar bills. Yeah. And he, want, he wanted to make a name for himself. Uh, you know, Memento, his second movie, gets nominated for Best uh, Screenplay. So mm-hmm. he does this. And I wonder if this was a lesson for him. Don't do a movie that you didn't write. I think, I think it is exactly, because this is kind of the only time that he's done this his entire career. Yes. He's made, like, there were some shorts that he did, but like a major, yeah, major big budget, uh, major full-length movie. Full-length movie, he wrote, co-wrote everything else. But even the Batman movies are done well. You know, yeah. they're not like... Those are stories that we know, but he took it so dark and so different, you know? Yeah, because the point is he compromised yeah. when making this movie. Like he didn't compromise when he did the Batman movies. No. Like he, he filmed those movies in IMAX because he wanted to, you know? Uh, and it shows. So this is his compromise movie. This is the movie where it's like, well, this will get my foot in the hollywood door and it just to me it was it, a lot of it was boring yeah the first half I mean, of the movie man, really really drags it yeah. really drags um where I do mean, you where do you think you put it oh it's on the bottom it's a okay. it's above following but it is on the bottom see i've that's where my issue is obviously memento is gonna stay at the top for me for a long time at least until this next movie that's coming up Correct. And then it might move. But Correct. for me, I was going to say following was on the bottom. Just because no matter what, I'm never going to watch following again. Agreed. I'm never going to watch it again. And it's it's only because of production value. That's it. Um, right. Because it's, it's it that is an indie movie. Yeah. Sure. But it has some really cool ideas in it. And it is, I think... This is a better movie with better actors for sure, much better pr- production value. I mean, it's it's the difference of an, of a in the basement indie movie to a you know a professional fucking movie. Um, yes. But I think I like following better just because it was more okay. interesting. It was more interesting. I can see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But with that being said, I will never watch the following ever again. I don't plan on ever watching this movie ever again either. But if it's on, I walk into a room of people and it's on, I can be like, eh, whatever. You know, I can have it. But like, if I walk into a room of people and the following's on, like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to go fucking get on my phone or do something, you know? Yeah. Go watch another, a better Nolan movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've not seen Interstellar, um, but I don't think anything is Memento. I mean, uh, Insomnia. So I think it's going to stay 
you know, following then Insomnia, definitely. Um, I was looking, I was looking forward to rewatching this because, like I said, I only seen it once. But yep. man, it really is disappointing. Very disappointing. Slow. Um, very, very slow. Uh, but like you said, the next movie is The Prestige because we are skipping the Batman movies. He made The Prestige in between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. That's just crazy because he just he after this it's just going to be hit after hit after hit after hit you know i think in the interstellar is kind of people are divided but um let's see i'm trying to think if there's anything else i want to say about the movie i did like the concept i did like the moral question i did like the insomnia uh you had said that you wanted to see the original um yeah so the original has uh what is it skellen scars guard yeah, yeah, the okay. father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papa um, Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do. I well, the only reason is it is it in English or is it dubbed or something at least? It's uh, subtitled. Okay, um, but I guess it's a lot darker, like a whole lot darker. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Um, I, I saw it a long time ago. I remember liking it better. But I also saw it first, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I do remember it being a better movie. Um, all right. So, oh, I did want to mention one thing. So, the Nick and the Hick are going to um, change our schedule, where we are then going to we're going to be a biweekly show. So we're taking next week off, and then we'll be back the week following. So just a heads up on that. But other than that, uh, like I said, the next movie is going to be the prestige which i'm excited about i'm sure you are too very exciting i think dude i i love that movie yeah me too. there's a few of these coming up that are really good um yeah inception i know you know i've hated on it i don't i don't hate inception i just don't think it's as clever as everybody makes it out to be are okay. that okay it is super clever i just don't think that that makes a good movie you think it's too clever for its own good yes okay um yeah, so we're doing, and then we're also got to talk about what game, what year we're going to talk about. We got to think about that. Um, so what we've done, two thousand and seven and two thousand eleven, correct. Right now, yeah, there's some good years out there. Yeah, well, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We're good. All right, but with that said, um, please like, comment, and subscribe. Join our Facebook group. Uh, what else? Our Discord, Gamers Network. All, everything will be uh, in the comments and the links in the comments. Yeah, any last final words? Nope, guys, we... thanks for um, checking in with us, and we will see you in a week, after, uh, in two weeks. Yes, two weeks. Uh, so I am Eric, I'm the, the Nick, and as always, you are. I am Michael Brevard Decker, a.k.a. The Hick. Good night, guys. Good night.